This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Forestieri, here's Hog Dini. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Our special guest this evening is Micah Hyde. Good evening, Micah. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Trying to cope through this uh, pandemic, keep myself busy, you know? That's it, mate. That's it. Yeah, tough times at the moment, but good good to speak to you. For sure. So, Micah, um, you came to Watford, I think, at a really interesting time. Um, you signed for us in 97, is that correct? Yeah, I think it was 97. 96, uh, 97. And uh, Graham Taylor was in charge at the time, his second stint in charge of the club. The 97-98-98-99 seasons were really memorable. Can you tell us how you came from Cambridge United to Watford in 97? Uh, long story short, there was a few clubs that was interested to talk to me when I was uh, at Watford, Cambridge. Sorry, Watford was the first one I spoke to. I came to the training grounds, saw Graham, had a conversation with Graham and then I decided to sign for Watford. I didn't go and talk to the other clubs. Uh, decided to talk to Watford after good, good move. Yeah. Uh, good move. Well, yeah, Micah, am I, am I, can I, am I right in saying, were you captain of um, of Cambridge at the time? Yeah, I was at the time. I think I was the youngest captain in the country as a captain. As, as a yeah, I was going to say, you were yeah, young. That's impressive. So, yeah, there was a few clubs that was interested in me, probably off the back of that, obviously. And then I spoke to Watford, spoke to Graham, and the rest is history. I signed for Watford, and yeah. What was it about Watford in particular that made you want to come to Watford? Probably more Graham than Watford, wasn't it, to be honest with you? So it was more just the person talking to the person more than the actual club. Just okay. the way he, what, what, his, his vision, his vision of what he saw and expectations also, and also how he, he, um, how he related to me, basically. Yeah. Um, how we got on, and I saw that, how, how I saw things, he saw things. Basically. We we spoke to a couple of players, um, Gifton or Williams, Peter Kennedy. Um, I mean, when you were signed, there was it was quite a lot of players coming in at the time, if I remember. Now it's quite a while back, but they all sort of say a similar thing that it was it was all about speaking to Graham, and and Graham was the one that kind of just straight away as soon as they spoke to him that was it they were in they were they were done just mentioning Gifton there um, Gifton tells a, a really good story that you know he had kids really young he, he wanted to focus on his football he needed to focus on his football and Graham made that easier by 
pulling a checkbook out, signing him a check, and you know going on his way. What what was it like to work with Graham? What did, is there is there any stories that you've got like on a on a personal note, whether it be a, a footballing one or something personal that you you look back on and you think, yeah, you know what what a guy. Uh, there's loads of stories, but two stand out. One that we had, we had a team meeting one time, and <clears throat> on, our, on our one of our in one of the league seasons, we had a a team meeting and he singled me out in the team meeting as a, as a, as a young player, as a person, you know, that's, that's overwhelming. So that was one thing. That's a special moment for me when was in the team meeting. The other moment was with me and Charlie Miller. We took a team photo pre-season and uh, Graham was disgusted with me and Charlie Miller because we took a team photo and I put my hand on his knee and he put his hand on my knee. So it looked essentially I... like he had a white <laughs> like I had a white hand and he had a black hand. And we didn't think I forgot it, just went up. Just normal banter, and we went away. So pre season, we went away to play Birmingham at Walsall. Went to Walsall. Normally, what happens is <clears throat> we get on a bus normally, the players and Kenny and the, the management staff and Graham will come on last, generally. So mm. I mean, when they get on the bus, the bus is leaving basically. So yeah, that's, that's how it normally works. So they're not going to sit on a bus and wait for people to come on. So we're sitting on the bus, me and uh, Charlie Miller. I've gotten all about this photo shoot a couple of days before. I ain't thought nothing of it. Got on the bus. Kenny Jackets come on the bus and said, The gaffer wants to see you in the changing room. So as we got off the bus, he goes, No, no, I'll get off the back. Because we sat at the back and we tried to say, so get off the back. So we got off the back. As we got off the bus, got into the change room, the, the bus was gone and left us. <laughs> we, had, we had nothing. We had nothing. our tracksuits on us. Just our tracksuits. We had no money, nothing. Just left us in Birmingham. Went back to Victory Drove. Left us in Birmingham. Me and Charlie Miller. That was a, a lesson learned. So that's his way. I took the lesson learned. It must have cost what for the few bob, you know, doing the photos. And me and him going to done that and he's about to redo it all so he was he was he was fuming so that, that was a moment was that a phone call to someone saying listen could you come and pick us up in birmingham yeah, please definitely so that the other half to come and send a cat <laughs> taxi for the other end or whatever sweet i'll pay for it now and then so that we could so that's what we had to do in the end but yeah that, that was a special a funny moment wow that's funny that's funny <laughs> The first season you were there, 97-98, obviously um, we were in the old second division as it was at the time. Uh, there was a few very famous matches, certainly that I remember and Carl remembers as well. Are there any games in that particular season that stand out for you? No, not really. None that really particularly stand out. <clears throat> I just remember us being a bit of a wild bunch at the beginning when I got there. Like you said, it was a collection of players. I think no one coming from different levels of their career and, and it was just like a jelly season and it just went really well, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember, I mean, the, the, the standout kind of thing for me was Jono and you. Kind oh, of, it just yeah. clicked, just seemed to just, you both... You know, so it, sometimes look, I've never been a professional footballer. My God, playing at Casbury Park is about as high as I've gone. But you know, when you get that that click in the in the midfield in the engine room, which is basically what it what it is. Um, you know, Jono scored some screamers. Uh, you know, you were a box to box all over the place. As the song goes, you're here, you're there, you're every where it's you know it's that that was that was you all over you know workhorse and and, and probably when I look back and I was saying this to Justin I was when I look back at, at the players and the squad we had I, you don't appreciate how good that team was and what you know what we had in it like for depth you know Gifton or Williams uh, right to the back Alec Chamberlain we had it everywhere we had such a good team and I probably when I look back I didn't appreciate how good a player you were until I go and maybe a suffering now as a Watford supporter a little bit but you know look at but how you know what an engine you were you know all over the park and, and getting stuck in goals you know you, you really sort of kicked on at Watford I think when, when I look at obviously you went to Burnley afterwards and, and so forth but you, you scored quite a lot of goals for us I did I did when I came to Watford I was a uh, I was a man and that number eight um, yeah I think the way I played is not is is because uh, midfielders now have been put into a little bit of pigeonhole there are a number yeah. 10 or a number eight or a number four and all that 
that nonsense. So me at number eight, if midfield was a number eight, she'd mm. to pass it, tackle, shoot, score, pass backwards and pass forwards, preferably yeah. forward. The time I came with Jono, Jono was going through, from my understanding, he was going through a little bit of a low. I think Jono was when I arrived at the club. He was there a number of years before me, and I think he was going through a little bit of a low, or, you know, he had the ability, but I think he was a little bit going through a little low. <clears throat> and we just connected. Me and Jono, we just, we, we just connected. And my attitude grabbed off on him, and his attitude grabbed off on me, and we got on off the park as well. So yeah, that's good. We had an amazing team spirit, I think, and, and, that, and that helped galvanise everything. But as far as playing style was, my playing style was somewhat probably recognised now, more now than it was when I was coming through as a player. Because I had to run. If I didn't run, I wouldn't get to play. And it was a running game. Yeah. I didn't mm. run. Doesn't matter how good you were the ball. It weren't the football weren't about technique when I was coming through. And I love technique. I'm all about getting the ball, keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to learn that to run. If I didn't run, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it as a professional footballer. And I understood this. I had to yeah, be able yeah. to run. Otherwise, they weren't playing me. They weren't playing, yeah. <laughs> no, they get someone else to run up and down, you know? That's yeah. what football was it's, uh, in, in my time coming up. And it's changed somewhat. I'm glad for it, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, the game's kind of moved on a lot since, you know, even in, especially since you were playing and so, so but it's, um, like you say, mid- midfielders now are, are very much, they're this, they're that, there's no, it's all pigeonholed and a, and a little bit abstract and not. FIFA, FIFA era, the kids are into That's FIFA. what it is, yeah, that's FIFA. it, that's it, bang on, it's, it's FIFA, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No, essentially it doesn't, no, it, it didn't when I was, you know, it was, you had to, so me and Jono, you have the different qualities. I'd say Jono would probably be the one that maybe paid us a four, if anything, and I might have been an eight. So you have different qualities, but in my time, me feel that to run. You have to be yeah. up and down the pitch, to be honest. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, was, so you and Jono were close off the field as well, so you used to hang out together. and yeah. So we, we always get told, when we, whenever we speak to, um, I mean, Nicky Wright definitely mentioned it. He said, get Jono on one of these, because he's, he's always got the stories. But everyone blames blames Jono for being the, the party animal and causing everyone hangovers and, and <laughs> Stuff like that. What's your? Fo- I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favourite Jono story that you can obviously tell us? Probably, probably. I'm going to play. Jono's my, one of my best friends in football. Probably one of my best friends out of football. So it won't be on Jono. Probably be on me and what I've done to Jono. We were, <laughs> at Christmas too, I think. And one of our Christmas twos. Um, I mean, Jono, Jono gets painted out as a, as, but he's, he's not. We was all so it was at a Christmas too. We had a few drinks at the end of the night, and I've had one too many. Jono's with his missus. His missus has got a very expensive dress on. I think it was Vivian Westwood. <laughs> Very expensive dress, yeah, and I, and I think oh, yeah. the drink overcame me, and uh, it kind of it kind of went over John's missus. It went over Vanessa. That that, that weren't a, that weren't um, that weren't pleasant. But me and John were in stitches. We couldn't stop laughing. We was on a, his missus. His missus weren't happy. She was fuming. But me and John, we were in stitches. We were on stitches. But yeah, that's just, that's that's. That's the kind of that's the kind of person he is. We we, we got on really well. Jono, Jono. No, that's good. No, that's good. We hope for hopefully get Jono on soon. I'd we'll love try. to get Jono on. Yeah, definitely want to get Jono on. Yeah, we we'll get him on. I'll tell him. We'll get him on. Please, tell him. just tell yeah. him. I'd love to get Jono on. He's like I, I think I said to Carl. He's probably my, one of my most favourite players ever. Jono. I just think there was something about apart his spirit. Mike Hyde, said. Apart well, I did. I did say apart from Mike Hyde, yeah, yeah. But I said you know the, the actual spirit that that guy had when he played was just you could just feel it yeah. in the stands. It was fantastic. That that first season then culminated in us going up as champions uh, against uh, well we, we won against Fulham that day the, the final day of the yeah. season was there any particular memories you have of the uh, the final day of the season at Fulham or no no <laughs> okay. I, I think I, I actually tried to nick your boots yeah, I remember fans. Yeah, I, I ran. I uh, ran on. Yeah, I think we tried to nick your boots. Yeah, I vaguely remember that because yeah. we got. I, mean, I was only what? God, I was. I got thrown over the fence, <laughs> over the thing, and then it was all onto the field, and there was there was just everyone. And every, I mean, there was there was players walking off the field as I remember with no shorts on. They literally had everything <laughs> stuck. They were stripped. We were trying to get your boots off, but you weren't having any of it. 
fans. I just spoke before I said no. I was speaking about the game, the actual, uh, the actual, actual game itself, fleeing up to it. But the actual day, the fans. Yeah, I remember the fans were coming to pitch and I was just trying to trying to strip us stuff. That was good. That was good. <laughs> well, it was him. It was Carl. You can blame Carl. It was me. Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, trying yeah. to get your boots. So the following season, then uh, we were in the the old Division One, um, and th- there was something about that season as well. You could feel, you know, there's some real momentum behind the team. There was some new faces that came in, like uh, Alan Smart and Nick Wright. And, and and again, that season felt really, really nice as well. Is there anything you can remember from the the season where we got promoted to the Premiership? You think, oh, well, you know, there's some really happy memories there or anything particularly you can remember about that season where you felt like we might get promoted to the Premiership or you could feel that we were going to get into the playoffs or yeah I, I, I mean I think I, could, I think I could speak I'm speaking for myself obviously but for also the team at that time at that period I say the reason why just, just to go back to the Fulham when you mentioned the Fulham when we got promoted from that league and I said no going into that season halfway through the season I think there was a feeling that we were going to do something anyway there was we was a kind of honest Honest bunch, but we understood what we was doing, and we and we were serious about our work. We were serious professionals. Mm. That had to take a hand. So we knew we knew we were going to do well that season, and we did. Going into the following season, we started off really well, and then Graham, we started off really well, and then we got a little dip. Then Graham got ill and missed a few few games of the season. Yes. I think, after that. Yes, yes. And we kind of, we went through a little bit of a fluctuation in our performance and we kind of dropped out of the, out of the playoffs and we, we was in mid-table wallowing around and then we, we galvanised ourselves and had a real push towards the end and I think that real push really set us up to go on and do something special that season. But I'm saying the belief within the squad and uh, the respect we had for each other on the pitch because uh, we never all got on. That was another thing. Not everybody got on within our group. Over okay. That of time. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a this yeah, before. Team spirit. No, we all, we all like, that's, what we had was, was immense team spirit and respect for each other. Mm. But not everyone necessarily got on. And that, that was that was healthy. It wasn't unhealthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You don't, I, I think that is healthy. I don't think, I think if everyone gets on, it can get a bit yeah. friendly and a bit, yeah. there's no drive and ambition to go and, yeah, I think you need absolutely. to, definitely. Absolutely. That's why we was, I thought we were successful over that period of time because when the new players came, we still had a core of players that were at one time together right. going into the next season. There was still a yeah, core. Yeah. We just won the league, sort of thing, or not the league. We just got promoted, and the other players like Brandon Quality kind of they they come with the same spirit. It was it was just a good feeling, and then. Yeah, I mean, again, going back, we we spoke to a to a few players, uh, as I said, and Graham seems to have a knack of of getting players in that not, I don't want to say wanting to prove themselves but I, and I use Nicky Wright and Alan Smart as a as a you know as a thing as both coming from Carlisle Nicky not getting a real decent chance at Derby you know doing well at Carlisle and, and, and going on and, and Alan Smart doing his thing as well so he, he, he seemed to get the best out of out of that squad and it, it was a bit like a chef he'd have all these ingredients and that's I think that's what makes a real good manager is that you know you get that blend of, of everything and, and Graham just seemed to have a knack of, of doing that now you know I, I'm not old enough to, to have seen the first time round, but certainly the second time round, it was what what happened in those periods that you were at the club was was amazing, you know. And to be fair, although we've done very well in the Premier League, you know, the seasons before have never been repeated, you know, it, it, from consistency as what I'm saying is, and that's part of where the club is at the moment that they haven't got a consistent manager and, and somebody that you know that leads from the front and and so forth. And it's probably the change in football, but part of that period that you were you know you were involved in was probably one of the best in the club's history and that's that's all to do with Graham and the, and the philosophy that he had and dare I say it, it was ahead of his time in my opinion you know well ahead of his time I don't know what his 
his training sessions were like and you know what sort of stuff he, he, he used to get you guys doing but he just seemed to have the stuff they're doing now Graham was almost trialling an error in it back then I agree with everything you just said and you said it so elegantly and better than what I want to say to be fair, I, think I, think Christ, I got called elegant and you, <laughs> this is recording isn't it I don't know for a couple of everything, everything you said is, is spot on what Graham had you've got certain managers that think that the management's about how good they can be and what the information they can give players and how they tell the players to do this and what they tell the player and the tactical side of it and all that for me and how I, and my approach going into football was as a young man young kid to who I am now I've always been it's about the mind and Graham was all about the mind yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what it was all about Graham got it Graham was had an holistic approach to, to do things and like you said it's, it's, it's in now because I remember we got a psychologist in when it was just being thought of we had Kieran in who came in who works for Stadium was that the, the guy group. in the pink shirt yeah he came in yeah yeah so some that was, wouldn't be for some players. So when Graham took that to England, maybe some of the players were all they ain't got, they ain't got time to talk to them. And some of the group, some of our players in our group, would be with it or against it, which is natural. Yeah, he was, he was into that sort of mental approach and you know one 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 one's mind can make your body do exactly what you want or make it exceed what you think it can therefore we had the success we had with the players that he brought in so he, he gave us that influence and that confidence obviously to, to go and do well to be winners because that's what it was about you know yeah yeah nice it was about. no it was good it was quality that season culminated with a day out at Wembley which is not something that Watford fans are particularly accustomed to so that was really really special having the playoff final at Wembley do you have any memories of the build up to Wembley or to the to, to the, from the semi-finals onwards to the to the final at Wembley yeah I remember I remember it all to be honest that's one game I do quite remember mm. well a lot you know, of the games I've played I do remember that Nicky Wright said we won that in the tunnel yeah that's right yeah Obviously, we yeah. in the bus on the way there. The game was won before we played the game, <clears throat> to be honest. And it was, we won it. We won it in our minds. We knew we were going to go and do well, to be fair. And we did go and do well on yeah, the day. But like Nicky says, it was, that was a vibe. And that was, yeah, the vibe, the word is vibe. That was the right vibe. That, that was a vibe that was going through the camp at that time. Mm. So I, I felt that. Nicky felt it. We all felt it going into that game. Like, we felt invincible, to be fair. Spirit. Yeah, I, I felt when we got past Birmingham, I thought Birmingham was a, was a tricky one. And that, that we nicked that 1-0 win at home. And then obviously the Alex hit heroics at, at Birmingham the set, but we, we got through that. And then from there, I, I think we were we we were destined to win that. But I, I always remember, and I forgot actually until we spoke about it. But we actually beat Bolton twice that season, we did. and I completely forgot about that because outside as a fan coming coming to the to the, that game, the Bolton fans were adamant. They were adamant they'd won that game. I still, to this day, where did they get that from? Because we had beaten them twice, and the way they got to the playoffs was a slightly different one. But it was just, it was just a weird sensation. And then when we were in the ground and Nicky Wright's goal, from that moment, it was like, well, it's in the stars now, isn't it? I mean, that, who, who goes and scores a goal like that at Wembley? Jesus. See, see, see what you just said. The affinity that the players had between the fans at that time was unique, which is mm. somewhat lost today in the modern game. And exactly what you said about their their uh, their expectations, Bolton's expectations expectations of what they're going to do to us we felt that as well we felt that they felt there was a bigger club although we beat them yeah 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 that's what it was it was a bigger club mentality yeah, that's what it was definitely exactly like that so we knew we were going to beat them because they, that's the, the attitude they had not in a bad way it was an expected yeah, yeah. it wasn't your at all well though. they had some like, you know Good Johnson was playing for them they had some like high, they had better players than us they, yeah high profile players, players, players weren't they yeah they were superb they had better players than us if you looked at their players and their squad I think they had more money and they had built a better squad than us so on a one off game you would have fancy, they would have fancied themselves to beat us at Wembley but Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> During those uh, seasons, Michael, were there any players that you felt were a challenge to play against? Some really good players that you felt, oh, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's quite respect, terrific. I, I respect the player for instance. I, like, I thought it was agile. I it was oh, agile. yeah, yeah. See, I respect the players. And I like the one that played for Leicester. Oakley, not Oakley. Uh, where's his, I forgot his name. I should remember his name. But he played for Leicester for a long while. He was played in midfield. He played for England a couple of times. But I didn't get the games I thought he deserved. Right. I liked him and he played for a number of years in Leicester. But I like people like Pierre Francis and I respected him, the way they played and received the ball and passed the ball. So, I, 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 But there weren't many players that I had too much respect for because I wasn't really into giving too much respect to him. No, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. No, I, I didn't even want to switch shirts when he was in the Premiership. I wasn't interested. I didn't Were you not, was that not your thing? You weren't into that, no? Not really. Not in a bad way. You never, like, I mean, I'm surprised you never swapped a shirt with uh, Nicky Butt. <laughs> I would have. Nice, right? Yeah, I'd be nice. I just didn't see the point. I don't know what. No, that's good, I, mate. I, listen, I think that is that's the attitude. There's nothing worse in. I tell you, who was he used to drive me crazy. This is a Watford thing now. He used to bother me. Aurelio Gomez. Now, goalkeeper. I used to love him playing for Watford. Whenever we went back to Tottenham, it just seemed that he was more focused. Because they used to love him. He was more focused on taking all the appraise and like <laughs> clapping around the stadium. Like before we'd even kicked off, when we're warming up and that. And I used to watch him and I used to think, his, his head isn't here today. You know, like he's going to be all flappy and doing stupidness. Yeah, and I was and I was right every time because it used to get to him. It used to unfocus him. Yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't like things like that. See, I found it was a little bit like that when I was in the Prem with Watford. I found it was like that as a team, a little bit of a squad, a little bit starstruck and all of that stuff. That's what I found. I didn't know they like it. And see, that Gomez thing, that would have infuriated me if I was... Oh, like, I did, mate. It used to bother me, yeah. team, like, Get on with your job. What are you doing? Like, get on with it. It would have infuriated <laughs> me to, to, to see someone doing that before a game because you know he's not focused on what he's meant to be doing. On yeah, that. yeah. It was stuff like... And I just... And I, I, listen, I've, I've, he's been a gr- great player for us but just silly things like that I used to think come on man please you're wearing a Watford shirt don't do not do that yeah exactly do it at the end of the game by all means crack <laughs> on but have a blinder first I'll see players at my time yeah know. no I like that listen the, the, the swapping shirt stuff is maybe stuff that should go on behind the scenes I remember years ago weren't they swapping at half time was it Chelsea and yeah, someone yeah yeah they were swapping at half time yeah like, what? <laughs> what the hell's going on here <laughs> you know, that's, that's bad for me I mean look, look when I was a kid I always wanted to be a professional footballer but if I was playing against let's say right, so outside Dennis Burkamp, I used to love Dennis Burkamp. but if I was going to go and play or Patrick Vieira something like that if I was going to go and play against that, someone like that I want him to remember me and I want him to remember me because I've absolutely poop. done him like stuck him in Rose Ed or you know whatever it nutmegs yeah. him or just something like that just smash him into Rose Ed or, or nutmeg him or just something that he remembers he'll go he left me there he left me in a right heap you know stuff like that not you know Pat, oh, can I have your shirt please let me have your shirt please <laughs> And then after that, after their show, what are they going to do with my show? What's the point? Yeah, oh, exactly. It goes in. Where's it going to go? Yeah. I got their wall, is it? And I'm not going to put your shirt on my wall. So what's the point? I'm, sure <laughs> I'm not going to put your shirt on my wall. So like, I mean, I want to put my Watford shirt on my wall and show my kids my that. There's my there's my Watford shirt that I played in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. that's it. See, I love that. Just going back to the to the playoff thing very quickly. So we we've won. We've beaten Bolton. We're you're. You're a Premier League footballer. Did it change? I mean, you've you just mentioned it there, and, and that's what I, I want to get into. Did did it change for you as a as a as a footballer, a Championship player, where the media maybe weren't really looking at you or anything like that? Did you notice the change? No, there was no because there, there was a change. Obviously, we've gone from yeah, yeah. Premiership, so everything's around the club slightly different. Obviously, the cameras are there. 
So we, that's an immediate change. But I mean, the change that where that where the, the Premiership now is now, how it's grown and the size it is, yeah. and is now. I mean, uh, the change was surmountable as far as I went. It wasn't a massive, massive change. You know, like there was cameras around the place and stuff like that, and there was new, new the pitch was getting done nicer, obviously, and there was yeah, yeah, yeah cleaning yeah. up the stadium and we was going into a new season. But it wasn't there wasn't no oh, no big, big drama. Yeah, coming in the first day, we're like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done your job the first season. We're in the Premier We're going to be playing against the best teams in the country. It's for the South, so, so I saw it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That that season was pretty grim, to be fair. Certainly as a fan, it wasn't much of a spectacle. Why do you think we struggled in our first season in the Premier League? Is there anything particular you think might have been the key as to why we struggled? Yeah, people probably... Uh, obviously, people. I say the team. I, I thought... This, I thought. Uh, I, I enjoyed my time in the Premier I enjoyed playing. I got a lot of time on the ball and I played. And I, like, I enjoyed playing, but I didn't enjoy the actual season as you said mm. I just thought there were too many too many players that I played really well in the championship that when we got to the Prem they, they kind of I don't know showed too much respect to the opponents if you ask me they showed, they showed too much respect to the opponents in my opinion at that particular time right yeah. I mean anything at all but you asked me a question and my my no, thing, no that's it that's what we want yeah when I was playing in that, that team we was, we was doing things and people was not I don't care who was shoot making the shots or trying to dribble. It's the same. They're still human beings. We've still got to do our job and not say, "Oh, wait, because it's Terry and Reese, okay, then it's not all right. It's not okay." That's 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 what I thought was going on a little bit in that season because it's that person and more. There was it, there was class. excuses being made yeah. that oh, it's Terry and Reese or it's yeah. you know yeah. Vieira yeah. or whatever. More class. Like, what makes someone more class? Anyway, and, yeah. and smash them, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I thought was a bit of a disappointment in that, that, that actual season. I thought we didn't give it a great enough goals we could have possibly gave it, if that made, that made sense, collectively. You know. we, we'd had two promotions and it almost felt like like we'd, we'd not peaked too early. I don't want to say we peaked too early, but we'd, we'd had two promotions successfully. It was, the, it was the Premier League and we were almost like rabbits in the headlight kind of thing at, at, at times. And, you know, I know we had the odd, like we beat Liverpool at Anfield and, and yeah. so forth. The Chelsea game at home springs to mind. I thought we were superb that day. The majority of it was, Jesus Christ, you know, this is all, this is kind of, we yeah. yeah, we didn't really change the squad. I mean, there was players, you could, I, I noticed the change and we speak about him now, Nordan Wouter. Yeah. Remember him? Mm, he used to, he, he used to do, he used to do everything. He used to dribble, he used to run up the line and then you just go, go on, cross the ball. <laughs> Yeah. Cross the ball. Do it. Go yeah. on. Just yeah. do it. And he wouldn't. He'd just try and beat that. And you just feel, oh, for f- Just do the basics really well. Yeah. And then all the other stuff <laughs> might might come. And that, that was kind of how I felt. And it, it as Justin just said, it was so frustrating that season. But what did we expect, really? I mean, I don't know. Well, I think, people say... I think the introduction of Helgeson made a bit of a difference. Um, mm. You could see that there was going to be some more sort of attacking threat and stuff. But there, some of the sort of bit players like Xavier Gravelaine and stuff, you, you, so, you, yeah. just, you <laughs> just think, well, who is this man that's playing for us? It was it was a very strange season. Just in sort of, Graham, Graham showed faith in, in us, the players that got promoted. And then he obviously he brought in new players and then uh, put them two groups together. I don't think we were strong enough. You know? <laughs> Not sure of it. Yeah, well, I yeah, think yeah. You're right. I he, think you're he right. was he was right to he was right to though because you all deserved the opportunity. You yeah. all deserved it. Every single one of you. That, that, but like you say, if you if you add to that the fact that certain players might have gone, I've got an excuse. You know, I, I did this because he's a world-class player, then, you know, and you add to that players that are coming in and not really understanding the ethos and how that how the club was and trying to get that, you know, to, to work in one season is really difficult. So 
it, it's always going to be always going to be an uphill uphill struggle. But look, it's it was a great experience. I loved it. Uh, got to see some grounds that I've never been to. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it was it, brilliant. It's always nice seeing the world's best players on your pitch, isn't it? It's, there's something nice about that. Watching your yeah. team taking on Especially the best when players. When Mike goes and smashes them in half. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so obviously that season ended in relegation, which you know, was not inevitable, but explainable. The following season, I think we started on a really big high up until about Christmas. We were sort of coasting away and we sort of fell away with it. And then the season after that, you started playing under a new manager. What What was the main difference between playing for Graham Taylor and then playing for Gianluca Vialli? you got two different managers. you got a manager just deals with the football side of things and just what he wants the footballer to do. Then you had the, uh, another, the, the first manager, Graham, who dealt with the person in the football became secondary so then you could get the best out of person to play the football. Right. And if you had no connection, if that made sense, you know, we were just all buddies and playing for a certain way and we're going to do this and do that, which is fine. Obviously, perfectly fine. He's a manager and we're professionals. But like I said, under Graham, it was a definitely more of a, a holistic approach, a more personal approach to get the results. Under reality, it was an industrial way. So it was an industrial approach. Kind of, we're doing this, we're doing it that way. And we should be getting results doing it that way. If everyone does it this way, we should get results. <laughs> right, OK. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, that... approach. And, he showed, and, he, and he taught me, showed me new things. And I learned new things under reality. And good and bad. Like you, like in any experience, you take good and bad. But I saw new things and different approaches. But again, I thought that was positive. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the whole... I mean, literally from top to bottom, it was a change at the club wasn't it Viali's approach uh, yeah approach to it as you just covered is it was completely different to Graham so you know and, and I guess I mean correct me if I'm wrong I guess even like simple stuff like coming into training or uh what you were eating and and you know little bits and pieces like that the whole the whole thing changed so it, it's all about adjustment and you throw in I, I look back at the players we signed at the time you're throwing a whole we threw a load of money at it basically didn't we we threw a load of money at it and we went that'll get results and we've got Gianluca Viali who you know his CV speaks for itself we're going to go and achieve great things and and I always remember I think it's the first game of the season we played away at Man City at Main Road I just looked at us and I just went this is going to be a long season, <laughs> a long, long season. Because it was just instead of, I mean, again, I was never part of a Grand Taylor thing, but it was always like, let's get the ball into the box in the most yeah. efficient way and try and, yeah. you know, and it was all very like that way, that way. Yeah. You know, it's you put the whole lot together on paper. Yeah, it should have worked. It should have been the, the best thing since sliced bread. But as, as history has, has dealt us, it, it, it really wasn't. And you're quite unique in that. And, and this is why I was really keen to speak to you. You've seen it from that side, from Graham's side and, and what really worked really well and then on the other side what didn't you know as a player you, you've seen it from both sides so, so going on and, and, and you're a football man I know you you, you know you do your, your stuff you, you still coach are you still coaching and coaching. Bobs? yeah I'm coaching I'm a professional development coach at QPR so yeah so like those stuff that, those things that you've learned and as you just said like good and bad you know what works and you know you know what's right and you'll take bits from Graham that you've just picked up and you'll take bits from VI that might have worked and and you know don't work and it you, you're quite unique in that way and, and I mean that in a, in, a, in a real positive way that you've seen both sides of, of the club that I love it's close to my heart and, and Justin's heart a time that was fantastic for us and a time that was quite honestly awful <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. But you say, you know, it's not. I'm not solely unique myself, to be honest with you. I'm glad. I mean, nice words, but it's every every footballer is probably unique in that aspect. But yeah. Our skill sets and what we learned through through resilience and be able to cope with different environments and different people's actions and what they do is unique. So I'm not alone in that. Most footballers would probably be 
have have, have these 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 unique qualities. To be fair, to deal with yeah. different, different leaders because that's what they are essentially. The people, the, the manager, the leader, really. So you got to be able to do the things that he wants to do. Mm. Just before that, before I went to, to to Watford, I was at Cambridge again. I had a different. Our John Beck was the manager then, and if you know anything about John Beck and his style and his philosophy of football and the way he sees football, it's a com- complete it's a complete eye opener because you talk yeah. about long ball stuff. He takes it to the extreme, and then you go to Graham and then you have Viali. So my learning as far as just don't three people alone has been. Astonishing, really, to be fair, to see how yeah, yeah. do things in, in football. And Viali came at Watford and he changed everything, like you said. He changed from top to bottom what we ate, where at the hours we slept. Yeah. And in between training, we had to go to a hotel and sleep. Now, none of us had done that before. It was a, a, a completely yeah. European yeah. kind of approach. Yeah, because that was kind of the last, like during Graham's time, I it used to walk up Occupation Road because you know, the players used to park in the, the. And sometimes you'd walk up there and there'd be, you know, yourself or players and you'd be like, I'm just having a chat, like, you know, have a good game and so forth. And that Viali came, didn't see any players. It was like, yeah, right, yeah, you know, it was. And, and as you say, rightly or wrongly, but it was a very, very quick turnaround and, and like overnight. And we, we chucked money at left, right and centre. And, you know, that Viali's time, not and it. it I, I don't blame Viali and there'll be Watford fans that will go, oh, Gianluca Viali ruined the club. Let's put it straight. It, it was all the things outside of that that put the club in the position that it was in. Viali just unfortunately happened to be the the administrator of that. And Ray yeah. Lewington came in, and I I'm a massive fan of Ray Lewington. I thought he was I thought he'd done really well from the forest with what he had, you know, to to work with. And you know, I look at uh, managers like Kenny Jacket down at Portsmouth now, who he's got nothing to work with, and they it must be it must be hard coming into a club that have spent so much money in its before you arrive there, and then trying to rebuild something to get something going it's a thankless task really in some in some ways isn't it it's just just mind-blowing absolutely so obviously you just mentioned Ray Lewington there Carl Uh, Viali left and his assistant took over Ray Lewington those years again I don't remember particularly fondly uh, in football terms but we had some occasions that were quite good we had some semi-finals in league cups uh, and yesterday was the 18th anniversary of the semi-final against Southampton uh, okay. which you played in didn't you I believe so that that was really I think the the, the sort of the, the the highlight of the the Lewington term if you like was the semi-final against Southampton at Villa Park which was a 2-1 loss in the end I think wasn't it if I remember rightly Carl yeah, James, James beat you wasn't it I think scored yeah yeah yeah. Vaguely, no, no relation. Because did Mike, Michael Chopra came in, didn't he? Was it around that time? It was, yeah, it was around the time. I think Chops played. I think he might have played. Yeah, that. he did. Chops played, yeah. Yeah, because we had... That was the highlight of the season, you're right. That was the highlight of the season, to be fair. Yeah, yeah we it had was. Uh, Marcus Gale. Yeah, yeah Marcus Gale. Yeah, was... Chamberlain played in goal, didn't he, I think, Alec? I'm pretty sure Alec so, Chamberlain. He played for a long while after. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a day, on another day. I look back at that game and I always think, do you know what? We could have won that. Yeah. We could have nicked that game. It was just Southampton were were quite lucky to get out of that because then they played. I think it was Arsenal in the final. Or yeah, it was. Yeah, they beat Sheffield. Yeah, United, it was. Yeah. Uh, they yeah they were they got away with that a little bit. I think if we'd been, I think our preparation was a little bit stunted. I think we had injuries and yeah, it did. It did. We were stumbling around. I remember getting into that game. Yeah, we did. It was, it was, our preparation probably wasn't ideal. I remember we were stumbling, not stumbling into the game, but we had injuries and. Mm. Yeah, and on that season, Stephen Glass's uh, Stephen Glass's uh, free kick in the uh, quarterfinals was uh, the highlight. I think that was fantastic. That was yeah, against, yeah, Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you you eventually left us, and uh, you you went to Burnley. Um, any strong memories of being there, or 
strong memories. Yeah, they were leaving Watford was one big strong memory. Leaving them was a, was was was. Was, Did, um, was it not? Was it not to your liking then the way you left or? Not at all. No, it wasn't at all. I think, like I said, when, by the time we had gone through that and like just back of that that season and going into the next season, I think I might have been there seven years and and a little injury at the beginning of the season. I felt like it was. I, I felt myself. The club probably felt it, it was time for a change, basically. Right. So the club, club kind of didn't really offer me a contract, but said they would accept anybody that came in for me. So if the club was saying that to me, I'm kind of thinking, well, that's that's fair enough. But okay. And when you really want me to leave, which is fine because the club was going through certain changes. My only disappointment in hindsight, looking back with leaving, was I didn't really leave in a way to say bye to the fans. But I was okay. Injured. I didn't get to really say say goodbye. And that season was my only season really where I had niggling injuries as well. So it was a season where there might have been I could I get a lot more. I didn't. I get a lot more people uh, what for fans. A lot more what for fans reaching out to me now than I ever did when I finished when I retired. That's because we wish you were still playing, mate. We could do it in the midfield. We're just trying to work out if you're fit enough, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, it. That- that's literally why we. That's literally why we've organised this because <laughs> Tom Cleverley's out for a little bit. Like you might yeah. squeeze in there. I think I can still do a job. I, I reckon you do a job. I, I reckon you do a job. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think I didn't really get to say bye to the fans properly. What I would like to have been able to, if if there is ever a way to say bye to fans properly, I don't think I've done an interview or anything like that at the time. I think I just kind of left. I think I just went. You, out of yeah, you were there a long time. I mean, seven years. That's, yeah, that's a, a long time. It was a long time. It was a long time, and it, it, and it was one of them because if I, I'm sure you were like really linked with Crystal Palace, and I remember if Michael Hyde goes to Crystal Palace, I'm I'll find him and I'll tell him <laughs> he ain't going there because I, I I got a thing with Palace. Sorry, but I was like yeah. Crystal Palace. He ain't going to Crystal Palace. Not a chance. And then obviously the the, the Burnley. Uh, who was Palace? Was it Cottrell? No, it was in Dowie. I think at the time. Dowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dowie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, please don't go there because that that there's certain players that, especially when you get you get to watch them for so many years, it, and you do, and it becomes a it becomes a love thing. And it's like there's certain clubs that you those players can't go to, and Crystal Palace, unfortunately, is, is is one of them. And you didn't, you went you went to Burnley, but I I just my overriding memory is we were skinned yeah. and we weren't offering contracts we were, or yeah. we weren't going to pay. The, the money that would had been jangling around before or, or, or anything like that. So I think, it, if anything, you were a victim of the Viali era, you know, of, of, of the money set, the ITV collapsing and, and, and everything else. And, exactly that, yeah. yeah, and I think that, that was purely it. And, you know, yeah. if, if things had been another way and it hadn't gone like that, I, I, I personally, I think you would have you would have stayed at Watford a lot longer. Possibly, but being somewhere seven years, I don't even look back like that, to be honest with you. Possibly, who knows? But you know, I, I still went and had fun. I saw a good career. I saw played football at Burnley. Played. Seven years is a long time to be at a club, and maybe I would have been there and would have done a wrap right I think that was a good... What's situation. Burnley like? That, that must have been a bit of a change. I mean, you, I assume you moved family because you're obviously yeah, yeah. London... Born and bred, pretty much. Was was that was that moving the family up up there? Different different setup and for me, I need. I think I, for me at the time, I think I needed it. I needed a change. It was a massive change going up there, and it was, it was good. After I went up there, we had a small squad before he started bringing in players and stuff like that, and it was a big change. But thankfully, in hindsight, it was a good change for me and my family. You know, yeah, yeah, it was good because again, they experienced stuff. 
that they wouldn't experience before by moving up. They've lived up for three years and they've they got an accent and all sorts. So. <laughs> beat, <laughs> beat, beat, beat that northern accent that I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was fun. It was good fun. It was good. Again, I learned a lot as well. So it, it was fantastic. I, I want to turn it back now. I want to I say, now give me three more years of Watford instead of giving me the three years of Burnley. I'll yeah. Put the three years of Burnley. Who was your, who's yeah. your manager at Burnley? Steve Cottrell. Ah, that's it. I knew Cottrell was involved. Yeah, so Steve, Steve Cottrell, right, okay. So Cottrell yeah. talking there, you know. So, yeah, that was interesting. That was, uh, different, again, different side of management. Again, interesting. You played for Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, you've scored for Jamaica. What's, this comes from my, my son, Callum, what's your take on what Jamaica are, are looking at doing at the moment with regards to recruiting certain players? I mean, Andre Gray's been mentioned from Watford, Antonio from West Ham. I, I suppose what, what I'm trying to get at, is that a slight disrespect to the players that probably played before and not, you know, and, and maybe getting shunted out? Or is it a smart move? I don't know. What, I'm just trying to get your, your kind of opinion on, on what they're trying to do to you know to qualification and so forth. Are you referring you referring to the home base players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, th- I think if the players, I think it comes down to quality. I mean, I do the same thing. If, I think it comes down to quality. If you've got a player that's that's eligible to play for your country, like I was, uh, there are players eligible. Like there has been Irish players that I played, and players are different. Even the French players, they're they So if there's players that's eligible to play for a country, I think you've got yeah. to try and use use the resources in front of you to try and do the best you can for that country. Getting qualified for the World Cup obviously is a big thing for. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't see nothing wrong with it personally. And if this players like Antonio is waiting for an England call up and ain't coming and he wants to play international football, well, there's, there's, there's an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, dare I say it, and I think I said this to you, Justin, I mean, England now, we've kind of gone the other way. We've like got so many players for so many different positions and it seems like, especially from the under 20, you know, the, the underage levels, they've done so well. They're all kind of now just starting to drip feed into the, get in and around the English one. And I'm talking about Foden's and Jack yeah. Grealish's and, and, and players like that. We just seem to be over, even goalkeepers now, seem to have loads of goalkeepers. We never had goalkeepers. We had David Seaman and Tim Flowers and that was your, <laughs> that was your lot. It was like, <laughs> that, those were your, you know, that was, that was it. But now it just seems like we've, we've got, you know, we've got choice in goalkeepers. We've got probably three or four decent right backs. We've got left, you know, it's just left footed players, right footed players. And we've, we've almost flooded it. So my my opinion is, yeah, if they can go and play for other countries because of you know where their family's from originally and whatever, then brilliant, great, crack on with it because that's good. Because I tell you what, if uh, Jamaica pull it right, I, I saw in the paper their their possible you know starting eleven. Jesus Christ, I wouldn't mind seeing that at Vicarage Road. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry as well. I saw that as well. It looks it looks exciting, but you know, it's it's good. Good. It, look, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. We'll see. Right, cool. Right, so um, next one. Ah, right, so this comes from Adam uh, Beatty. And he's put, if I spotted it correctly, Michael was involved in Harry's Heroes. If so, what was the experience like with all the ex-players uh, coming together? Fun. Is it good, fun. yeah? Yeah, it was fun. I was in that. Yeah, Barnes got me involved. I, I was I was out of place in there because I'm healthy as... I ain't got no stuff in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was out of place, but yeah, called me. They needed a player to come and to come and join in there, help them out or whatnot. So I said, yeah, no problem. So it was good, good banter. Could you imagine what the banter was like in the change room? And I imagine it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was good, yeah. yeah. It was fun. Who's, who's, um, is there anyone there that you remember who's still got it? They could, you know... All of them. Oh, what skills you mean? Ability? Yeah. 
I don't all got it. You don't lose it. You just can't run, can you? So you can control it. <laughs> the, legs, the legs go, don't they? Letitia was there, weren't he? Mercer was there playing. Barnes was there. Barnes didn't play, though. Sharpie was there. There was a few of them. But I'll say Letitia probably. Because he didn't yeah. run it good in his time, really. He was always on the ball. No, so. he just turned up at the right and then used to smash one from 40 yeah. yards, didn't he? And that was, that was his thing. Yeah, so he, he, he probably he ran the show, to be honest with you. He the way he still like to still play. Quality. Brilliant. Uh, right, next one is... This is from Chris Adams. Um, we'll come on to this again in a minute because I've, I've wanted to ask you a couple of questions. But uh, Chris asks, how did Ware FC persuade you to come out of retirement in 2016 to play one game for the club? And what were the circumstances behind your decision? Kenny Charlery. You know Ken Charlery? Yeah. Must know so Ken Charlery was the manager. And I, uh, I was running an academy and I sent him some players and he was talking down. And, he, and I, I was down there with him. We've talking with him my training to watch one of these players train that I'd sent down to him. And then he's like, oh, this my midfielder's out and da 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 I could see him I could see him issue to ask me if I want to play. I said, I can't I can't play no more. Like, I can't I had to come just this one game where I had to come and play this one. I said, Kenny, I can't do it. Just this one game. Do you got to do stand in the middle of the pitch? I said, All right, I've done it. So that's why I've done it, because I know Ken, Ken's my mate. And uh, yeah. you, you did it as a favour. Yeah, done it as a favour. It's always gonna be one game. I couldn't run. So I, I, did it, I did it as a favour to try and help him out, and, and I, I, I think we even drew. I think we was winning. We drew, so definitely weren't going to play after that. We <laughs> <laughs> was, was winning. And don't think we lost. If I can remember right, I don't think we lost, but we definitely drew, and I don't think he was happy. So, was you, you give it a go, mate. To be fair, yeah, I said I would, and I did. <laughs> so that's how I've been playing for them. And right, last question. Um, this question is it's a good one. It's something we didn't really touch on. So before you are obviously uh, at Cambridge, you were at. Um, is it Brimsdown Rovers? That's right. And I believe there was a, another player there, Mr. David Beckham. That's correct. Did you have much dealings with David or were yes, you... Yes, yes. We, we, yeah. we, so Ridgeway, the, the, the team was called Brimsdown, but it, had, it changed to Brimsdown after being Ridgeway Rovers. So I knew David from when we was, we was eight, nine, yeah, eight, nine until you leave to go to scholarships and until he went to Manchester United and stuff. So I knew, yeah, we played together in the same team that produced about eight professional footballers at the time. So our grass yeah. team, from under nines to about under 13, 14, 14, I believe, we played together for that period of time. Yeah, you get that, don't you? I mean, like, um, I forget the, the name of them, but where Alan Shearer come, come from, his, his youth team, they four or five out of there, and they just seem yeah. to, they just seem to, you get little pockets of them, don't you, that all, all kind of come out the come out the same team. I take it David was no good at free kicks back then. David was always good at free kicks back then. Was he? Yeah, it was good. That was his style. So he was good. That he could run. He could run. He was a good runner. David was. So he was. He could run as a young lad. His cross country and all that, and he could take free kicks. So he used to take our corners and free kicks. So what he's good at now is what he was. He was good at then. Yeah, and he could. To be fair, I think he'd still play as well. Yeah. So anybody, any young people that watch this video, if you play football and you're good at something, you've got to keep practicing it. Don't try and deviate and do things. Keep practicing. You got to keep practicing. If you're good dribbler, keep dribbling. Just try and get success. That's what it is, isn't it? It's, it's about repetition and, and keep doing it until it becomes a habit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah until you get success. Because you're going to fail, but until you get success. And David was really good at free kicks, and then obviously he's not. Yeah, no, that's good. Do not scratch your eyes! Am I right in saying this, your your lad play? Is he... Yeah, it, it was until until it got, the season got cut off. Yeah, because he was... The, uh, I forget where I saw his name. It was... Colchester. It was a Colchester. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's looking to try and get a club now. now oh, is he? Yeah, well, he, Colchester, yeah. The pandemic, we've had to make losses and do it. Uh, that's, that's that's a problem at the moment. Is you don't realise how we spoke to um, 
on the back of uh, Jay Demerit. Jay Demerit was at Northwood. So we were speaking to a guy that um, he's basically not chairman, but works for Northwood. Secretary, secretary like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, club secretary. Are they going to survive? We don't know. You know, it's it's scary what's what's happening. In the, even in the lower divisions, you know, yeah, like say Colchester, professional football club. You mentioned earlier that you're doing stuff with QPR. What's your role at QPR these days? Yeah, I'm the lead under 18 coach. I'm a professional development coach, so I work with the 23s and the under 18s. We've got a good team down there, so I work under Les. Oh dear, Les Ferdinand. This is my boss and Chris Ramsey. And Sweet. So we've got a good good team there. Paul That's good. Any any um, players coming to Watford, you know, want to let us have because we need some? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm... <laughs> 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 I have to that over on air. Worth a try, isn't it? You can't knock me for trying. Indeed. We've so, got yeah. a tell you, a tell you one that he's going to be a bright future now, and we can mention because he played at the week. Uh, Humblo, who come on the left left winger, Humblo, he yeah, came on. he looks great. Mate, he looks he looks the real deal. The real deal looks a good and player. The, the, yeah, Brazilian Brazilian lad, Jao um, Pedro. Yeah, Jao Pedro. This meant to be interesting in him. He's doing well, scored goals this season. Yeah, he's scoring goals. He's, he's he's doing quite well. Yeah, he just I he, he looks um, not underdeveloped, but he just looks like he needs to get in the gym a little bit just to. Because the championship's so physical, it's yeah. horrible, you know, just... Demanding. Yeah, demanding, and I, I think we're... I'm a little bit worried with him because I think he might play too much and we'll burn him out because Troy's going to be out for God knows how long. Um, we're, we're getting a little bit light on strikers, I think. Is Andre, Gay, Andre Grace done on books? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, he's, he scored. I mean... Struggled the other day, didn't he? Or Andre, yeah, he, sc- he struggled for goals. Uh, all these, All the stuff going on off the field... Just seemed to be taking taking over his life a little bit rather than when he was wearing the shirt. But he got a couple of goals, so fingers crossed he can kick on now. But yeah, I mean, he, it's talk of him getting involved with the Jamaican thing as well. So, oh yeah, I didn't hear his name. I mentioned, I've heard a lot of names mentioned, but I didn't hear his. Yeah, yeah, but, Andre Gray. You know, I've, just, I've yeah. just been a bit. Can I say? Yeah, I say it, disappointed with Andre these things because I thought at this level, at the Championship, it's made for him. If Troy been fit all season, him and Troy. Hmm? He's been underwhelming. That's what he's been. That's the yeah, word. Very underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very underwhelming. Oh, very. Yeah. He's been underwhelming. You know, your job is score. You've been underwhelming. Yeah. Great sign at the time, though. To be honest with you, I didn't think he was. A, I didn't think he was a good player. For, I mean, I, I didn't think he was a great signing at the time. To be honest, not for eighteen and a bit no. million. And, <laughs> and, and and when you actually hear, you know, like you, you think about the amount of goals he scored, it's like one point three million a goal. That's what it's cost us. It's a lot of money and his wages as well. It's a lot of yeah, money, just... and I, and I know you shouldn't judge players on that. But at the end of the day, when you're a striker, it's no, like yeah. judging. It's like judging a bricklayer on how many bricks he lays. If he's not laying any, then he ain't very good. <laughs> the only way, yeah, exactly, exactly that. And, and Andre Gray, unless he's not the kind of player that's going to bring people into the game, so he's not. He's a he's a player. If he's not scoring. I'm not sure if he's if he's got the guy or quality to bring other people in the game as Troy would do you understand yeah, yeah. yeah. the goal scorer ain't over the top score goals and you know hit it you know one touch finishing in and box sharp that sort of finishing if he ain't doing that then he's going to struggle to play in the team because what else he's going to yeah. do yeah Definitely. that's it and like I say there's, uh, Watford seem to have, have done quite well in the in the youth set up now there's a, there's a yeah. good few players coming through so hopefully they, they can push on either this season or next season this season Oh, it's still, still there. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, well, well, but yeah, yeah. I just I, Nor- Norwich are flying. Brentford, that Tony is unreal. What yeah. a signing he is! Like you talk about goal scorer. Yeah, just yeah. different class in this league. You know, Brentford have come well. Swansea keep getting penalties <laughs> delivered. You know, like they're going out of fashion. So you, you know what I'm talking about when it's written and things just seem to like 
go right for you, the results go right for you in for the other clubs. It just doesn't seem to be landing quite right for us at the moment. And, and I think Vicarage Road's a real tough place to go and play as an away team. No, no fans it, yeah, because it's a tight, it's like yeah. Loftus Road. Yeah. Horrible place to go and play your football when it's full. Be horrible because they're right on top of you. It's feeling you must miss. Oh, mate, it's oh, killing me. It's awful. I mean, watching it on me. telly is okay, but drinking beer out of tins, you know, <laughs> I want a fresh. There's fresh nothing quite the like hands. being there in Vicarage Road when it's rocking and your your team's playing well and you know the songs are coming out. It's just it's a different thing, isn't it? Watching it on TV. I mean, you you played at Barnet, didn't you, for a little bit as well? Did for a year. Yeah. So was that at the new ground or the or the new ground? Oh, it was the new ground. Was that uh, not the one that was uphill? No, no, yeah, no. I, I was, we trained at the new. Funny enough, we just we trained at a new place, but the pitch weren't ready yet. So we tra- we played at Underhill. We trained. Oh, under, that's it, Underhill. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the pitch used to be like that. If you were kicking <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you played that all the first time. So you mean just second off? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that was that was exciting as well. That was fun. We're playing for them. That was good as well. Am I right? Am I before we like move you? What is it? Were you at Pe- you're Peterborough as well, weren't you? Yeah. You weren't there at the same time as Peter Kennedy, were you? No. No. Oh, you weren't. Okay. Peter Kennedy. Pete, yeah. Yeah. Peter was there. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he told us some amazing stories about Barry Fry. Right, Peter went after. What? Yeah. Peter went after. Peter went before me. Peter left Watford. Wait. Peter left Watford before me. I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Before. That's right. But Peter was. <laughs> That was a good experience as well. Go on, was mate. that Peterborough? Yeah. Like, yes. how, how was Barry? It's cool. Barry was cool. He's calmed down then. He had calmed down. Then. <laughs> calmed down then because the, the new fan had come in with all the dough, so Barry was quiet. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I came in that era when new fan had come in with all the dough, so Barry, Barry was, you know, quiet then, really. He just stayed in there. Fantastic. <laughs> it kept out of the way. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we've been talking for an hour, Micah, and it's been absolutely Wonderful having your uh, company. I've got very, very good memories of you playing for Watford, which, you know, there's, there's some players that come and go and there's other players that you remember. Micah Hyde is definitely a name that I remember playing for Watford and I always thought was a great player. I enjoyed watching you play for Watford. So thank you very much for being part of our team. It was a pleasure having you. It was an honour to watch you. I really do appreciate you wearing the yellow and, and um, getting stuck in there and... Nicky butt off because that was a very strange game of football. That was so. Yeah, they, they I remember re- that sending off. They already won the league. We were already relegated. That was all hands, wasn't it? Wasn't that? Did you put your hand up to him or something? Yeah, all handbags. Yeah, you should have done it, mate. <laughs> Final game of the yeah. season, nothing to play for, and then you both get sent off. It was, it was... <laughs> Exactly. It's my big game. I'm playing against Man United. He plays for Man United. How stupid I am, am I? Yeah. Well, you got, you got. Dare I say you got sucked into that, didn't you? It was a bit like, yeah, they were they were always good at that, just winding the opposition up, and they were they were good as well on the pitch as well. Yeah, they were they were good. I mean, given their given their due, they were good at that time. They weren't too bad. They weren't too shabby, were they? They were pretty good. They were pretty good. To be fair, yeah, you're right. You're right, Micah. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Um, Thank you very much for coming on our podcast. If you could have a word with Jono, that'd be great. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Hey, no, honestly, mate, it's, it's wicked. It's it's awesome to talk to you. You're, honestly, I, I really mean that. I appreciate you taking the time out. If you're ever in Watford, I'm definitely going to buy you a beer. No worries. I'll be, I'll be about. All back. right, man. That'd be cool. But yeah, good luck with the QPR, man. There's some good players coming through there. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Take it easy, yeah? Thank you, Cheers, Micah. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers, bro.
Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.